Hi everyone, welcome to the Movie Fandoms Podcast, a podcast by the Blue Pop Music team. Now, yes, Blue Pop Music, that's correct, which has to do with music. But we decided that because we talk about music so much, but we all love different movie fandoms, and we're fans of all these different movies like Marvel, The Avengers, well, Marvel and The Avengers, same thing, you know, Harry Potter, Star Wars, we should create a podcast about that. So here we go, here's the first episode, and... I'm your host, Sophia Maddox, also host of the Blue Pop Music Podcast. And now, Leah Ashley is here. Leah Ashley has... Why don't you explain? Leah Leah Ashley is just... You are Leah Ashley. I know, but Leah Ashley is just my stage name, kind of. So, but my real name is Leah Hill, so I'm going to start using Leah Hill. So, Leah Ashley is Leah Hill, who's also joining us today. Now, in the first episode of our movie fandom podcast, we're going to be talking about Harry Potter and Half-Blood Prince... And why the Half-Blood Prince movie was so unsatisfying. Now, this episode's going to be really good because Leah here, I am like the biggest, biggest, biggest Harry Potter fan. Which is literally a main reason I decided to create this podcast. Because I am obsessed with Harry Potter. I've read the books at least a thousand times. Okay, probably I've probably read each one like a hundred times. And um, seen the movies more than I can count. Now... Leah, on the other hand, has read the first two books, but then only watched the rest of the movies. So it's going to be a really um, interesting perspective here, because she has not read The Half-Blood Prince, whereas I have, and she hasn't. So, why don't you summarize The Half-Blood Prince movie for me? So, all I can say that they changed so much things. Well, no. What do you remember from, like, as a person who's only seen the movies, what do you mm. remember from the Half-Blood Prince movie? So, I have to say that I remember my favorite part. I'm very violent. My favorite part was when um Malfoy got the... What? Draco Malfoy. You have to say Draco. Draco Malfoy. Got the what? See, this is my like, point. It's so spell, forgettable. The for... spell. You, you're talking. She's talking about Sectum Semper. I know. Se- that. Sectum, sectum, so sectum this Spemper. is the problem. It's very forgettable. Unlike movies like The Prisoner of Azkaban or whatever. Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite. Um, it's a very forgettable movie. Like it's very forgettable. It's very so, true. The first thing I'm going to talk about are the scenes they added that don't happen in the book. Actually, no. The first thing we're going to talk about is how David Yates viewed this movie. He said he viewed it as a comedy and wanted to try comedy. The Half-Blood Prince is not a comedy movie. These are dark times. Harry's exploring Voldemort's past. Um, well, one thing I forgot to mention is there will be spoilers from here on, so... If you have not seen the Half-Blood Prince movie, I suggest you stop listening and go listen to a different episode. Okay, Dumbledore literally dies. Like, that's dark. This is not a comedy. So, when you're adapting a book to a movie, there has to be parts you choose to adapt on. Now, the main genres of the book are, of course, fantasy, magic, and, like... All that's like all Harry Potter stuff, you know, and they they really set the tone for more romance, maybe you could say, and a little bit more horror. 
But I think um, when they were adapting the film, they just chose to focus on romance. Don't you agree? Yeah, there was like so much. So here's here's my here's my concern now. Here's my concern. Not only did they focus on romance, but there's but that's not what the entire book is about. In the book, the romance complements the story perfectly. Like they go hand in hand. It makes sense. It follows the storyline. Whereas in the movies, it dominates the story. Don't you agree? <laughs> like, don't you agree with me? Totally. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, eating my cereal. <laughs> like, I don't... Like, this is not fair. Now, one of my favorite characters from the entire series is Ginny Weasley. But in the movies, they make her like a stupidest character. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like, oh my god. This is because I've told her. Otherwise, she would know no better. No, but I, I just hate Ginny in general. Uh, yeah, exactly. See, people who have seen the movies hate Ginny. That shouldn't be the case. Yes, in the first two movies, she's awkward and quiet and shy. But that's because she has a crush on Harry, and we always view everything from the point of Harry. So, of course, she's going to be shy and quiet. But then, um, one year, it was during The Prisoner of Azkaban, Hermione really bind, um, like um, bonds with her. And tells her that she should start to relax around Harry. And she does. And that's the whole reason Harry starts to like her. I mean, like, dude. And then at the beginning... Okay, sorry. I'm going on a rant here. I'm sorry. Ginny Weasley? This is the definition of Ginny Weasley. Confident. Very good Quidditch player. Attractive. She has guys chasing after her, okay? That is the Ginny we know, okay? Not this shy, awkward person who feeds her crush cookies. That is not Ginny, okay? Ginny feeds Harry Potter cookies. In the movie. In the books. <laughs> is Harry Potter Santa Claus? In the books. Yeah. I. In the books, Ginny's cool. In the movie, she's a total loser. Like, seriously. And I'm not, I'm nothing against Bonnie Wright. She's a great actor. I'm saying the people who wrote these films, who wrote Ginny's character like this, I mean, I, I'll never forgive them. Okay. Um, adding on to the Weasleys, okay, they changed a lot of stuff from the source material, aka the book, The Half-Blood Prince, that J.K. Rowling wrote, and it leaves so many plot holes. I'm just gonna go with the, the literal, literal first scene in the entire movie. Do you remember what the first scene was? First scene of Half-Blood Prince? Yeah. Ginny. No. Oh, it was the Weasley family and then blah, blah, blah. No, I don't know. <laughs> the first scene is Dumbledore saying to Harry, you've been reckless this summer. And then oh, Harry yeah. goes, then Harry goes, yeah, I like running around on trains. What is this guy's problem? The reason Harry has to live with the Dursleys is because the blood, the blood curse, the Aunt Petunia carries Harry's mom's blood, which has the sacrifice of Voldemort can't kill... That's, that's just messed up. That causes so many plot holes because Harry was not on trains all summer in the book. He was sitting, getting annoyed by the Dursleys in their house, not running around on trains. Another thing that's wrong with that scene is he like offers to go on a date with this Muggle girl, but then as soon as but then as soon as they get to the burrow, he like looks up at Ginny's window. So if you're going to establish that Harry likes Ginny from the start, don't show him making a date with another girl. That's just messed up. 
Like, like you can't create scenes because then it creates so many plot holes. Consistency. That's what they don't have. That is what they don't have. If you're going to establish that Harry likes Ginny, at least keep going with it. And if you're going to... Okay. If you're going to focus on the... Okay, I'm going on a rant here. You have to say something. I've been talking too much. Okay. So, like, Ginny. Okay, I've been talking again. So if you're going to establish like that Harry likes Ginny, don't... You can't have inconsistency here. Like, it doesn't make sense. And and if you're... Okay, so David Yates, great director. My favorite film in the series was Prisoner of Azkaban, which was directed by Alfonso Cuaron. We'll probably talk about that in a later um, um, podcast episode. But Alfonso Cuaron, it, um, he really did a good job. Um, and then, of course, Chris Columbus. The only problem I had with him is he didn't capture the the darkness of the series. Like, it was very bright, and he made it really watered down, like a kid's movie. Even though it technically is. But still. You know what I mean, right, Leah? Exactly. And then, we all know Mike Newell never went on to direct. And then we got David Yates. So David Yates did a really, really, really great job with The Order of the Phoenix. It's my second favorite movie in the series. But then he decides to focus on romance in The Half-Blood Prince. Now, if you're going to focus on romance, at least, at least, like, just please do it right. Why are you changing the complete, like, the romance that happens in the books? Yeah. Is... Nearly not as enough as the other ones. Like, seriously. It's messed up. Like, for example, it doesn't make sense because it just... They're not going by the source material. If you're going to choose to focus on romance, at least, at least do it how it was in the books. I... You... So, for all of you Harry and Hermione shippers out there... Everybody who see, who's only seen the movies thinks that Harry should have ended up with Hermione. No. If you read the books, you would like Ginny Weasley. You would know. Oh, this girl's the main character. She can, she can go on to marry Harry Potter. Like, this is legit stuff we're talking about here. You have to say something that I've been talking to. <laughs> so, like, the fact that... Ginny, and we're talking about the second movie now. So, the fact that in the second movie... Chamber of Secrets. Chamber of Secrets. So, the fact that... The fact that Harry actually saved um, Ginny... Yeah. So, it's like... Come on, spit it out. It's like... I don't know how to say this, but it's, like, meant to be. It's not meant to... Like, that has nothing to do with, like, their romantic relationship, but it really um, made their friendship evolve. Now, of course, Harry's always associated with Ginny for... Because Ron is Ginny's older brother, and Ron is Harry's best friend. But I feel like... Okay. I'm just gonna say that they really changed, especially Harry and Ginny's relationship in the books from to the movie. Like in the movie, they make the relationship like awkward and like shy and quiet, and like nobody else knows about it. In the books, it's like the literal opposite of that. Like 
literally the opposite. Like, have I told you what, like, in the books? Yes, you have. Okay, then you explain. I, I, I'm very annoyed right now. I'm triggered. Okay, come on, spit it out. So... Okay, I'll just say it because I, I think she's a bit lost. In the books, for example... Um, J.K. Rowling does a really, really good job of describing Harry's feelings for Ginny. Whereas in the movies, in the movies, they also make it seem like Ginny has got to think for Harry. Did, didn't you, didn't you think that? Yeah, of course. And she did. She did not. In the book, she did not, okay? She already had a boyfriend named Dean Thomas, Okay. But then she got tired of him, so they broke up. And then as soon as Harry heard, he started getting nervous about asking Ron if for his approval to, like, uh, go out with Ginny. But, so, in the movies, can you describe Harry and Ginny's first kiss for me? What did that look like? Just, just describe the room. Just the room. Very weird. It was the room of requirement with nobody else. Nobody else. And it's literally for a split second. And it's like, after the kiss, they don't do anything. They just, Ginny just walks away. Like, dude, if you guys only knew what happened in the book. Well, if you've read the books, then you probably feel how I feel. If, and if you're a Harry Potter fan. I mean, if you've read the books and you don't care about Harry Potter, then you're... Okay, anyway, in the books, you'd be surprised. Ow, stop squeezing my arm. In the books... Do you want to know what Harry and Ginny's first kiss is like? What? Okay. It's, so, oh, one thing they took out of the movies that I'm very mad about is Quidditch. Especially the Quidditch World Cup in the fourth book, Goblet Fire. I wanted to see that. Anyway, it's right after they win the Quidditch Cup. And then Ginny walks in the common room. And then in front of everybody, Harry kisses her. And then he, he, doesn't, he doesn't look at Ginny. He literally turns to Ron. And then Ron gives him an approval of, if you must. So he gives, him, he gives um, Harry the okay to date Ginny. This is a key point in Ron and Harry's friendship. It brings their friendship to, a, the, to the next level. You don't but in the movies, Ron, Harry lies to Ron about the thing with Ginny. That is not how it's supposed to be. That is absolutely not how it's supposed to be. Like, do you understand what I'm saying here? Yes. Okay. I think I've said enough. Now I'm just going to move on from Harry and Ginny, y'all. And I'm just going to go to the scene where they make the burrow go on fire. That does not happen in the book. In the book, the burrow is perfectly fine. But then in the next... So, yeah. In the in the books, the burrow doesn't get burned down. And that's why it causes so many plot holes. The burrow is the Weasley's home. There's so many memories in that house. All their stuff. All their whatevers. But yet... Whatevers! They just destroy the house. And then there's no reaction from the Weasleys. There is! They were crying! For a split second. That's not, like, the point. Like, if you just need a, a really awkward scene that you... Okay. You know the Ginny and Harry shoelace scene? I know I, was, I said I'd move like, on from Like, why me. did they just add that? 
How romantic of her to tie his shoe lace. Does like Harry Potter goes to school? He knows, he knows how to tie exactly, his shoe. Exactly. He was what? He was five years old once. He doesn't need your help. If if he, okay. Also, why are you wearing shoes in your house? That's just okay. Anyway, they think that's romantic. It's not. Um, if you just wanted a Harry and Ginny scene, just find a scene from the book. Honestly, like there's so many. And then, actually, I should correct myself. There is not as many as they make you think there. Well, as I okay. The point is, the borough would have had a big effect on everybody. Another thing I'm sad they took out. Voldemort's, um, when Harry goes in the pensive with Dumbledore and goes back in time to see what Vol- not, doesn't go back in time, but sees, um, Dumbledore's memories of Voldemort's past. They only included two in here. In the book, there were six to eight. There were a lot of them. Like, did you know that Voldemort killed Hepzibah Smith? Voldemort murdered his entire family. Harry got to see that. He got to learn more That's about Voldemort. That's just messed up. Now, I, I just spent the last 17 minutes criticizing the film, but there are a, th- a few things I liked. Like, um, they did, they handled Slughorn really well, except for the part where um, he talked about the fish. The fish really isn't in the book. Um, he says Lily gave him the fish, and the day Lily died, the fish died too. It doesn't happen in the book, and I think the movie's meant for it to be, like, that emotional scene that you get out of the film, but it was, it just didn't, it, it just, it felt weird, like, watching that. Um, why don't you say something, Leah? What did you like about the Half-Blood Prince film? I only like the part where Malfoy is bloody. Also, how they magnificently show the, the, where Snape kills Dumbledore, like, that's just... That scene is a masterpiece. In the books, Bellatrix isn't in that scene, but me and a lot of Harry Potter fans like how in the movies they put Bellatrix in there because it just gives more of a sense to her. You can just get... Because the people who've only seen the movies can just get more familiar to her character. Also, yeah, that's so... There's a few other things I liked about it, like how they... Um, portrayed the infrared. I think that would been. I thought that would be a really hard thing to do in a film, but I think they did it really well. And another thing they did really well was the actual scenes that they did include in the, um, in like the um, flashback scenes of Voldemort. That was really well done. The only thing that I do have concern with is when Dumbledore visits him in the orphanage. Now, I, I, I know. I noticed this when I was watching a video um, from this YouTube channel called Movie Flame. It's really good. Um, and Morgan, um, Morgan, the guy on the channel, Morgan Ross, pointed out that in the books, um, so in the movies, Tom Riddle says, um, I can make bad things, I can hurt people who are mean to me. In the movies, this implies that he's bullied. Whereas in the books, he says, I can hurt people who annoy me. In the movies, they make you seem like Voldemort was just a little kid who was on the wrong path and treated badly. But that's not the case. In the books, it clearly says, people who annoy me. It might not seem like that big of a difference, but it really does make a difference. It's so totally 
Also, the vulnerability that they... Okay, Tom Felton is one of the best casting choices for Draco Mount. Like, they did a perfect job casting everybody in Harry Potter. But I especially noticed it when it comes to Tom Felton, who played Draco Malfoy. And it really stands out in the sixth movie or book. Because that's when Draco's character gets vulnerable and you get to see more of his... more. He's not just the Harry Potter bully anymore. He He's more than that. And, um... You get to see Draco Malfoy's vulnerability, and Tom Felton did that so well. Great acting job. Um, cool. So there are, all, there are um, a lot of things I liked about this movie, but overall I think that they should have focused less on the romance and more on the Voldemort backstory. I think that would have added more to when it comes to the Deathly Hollows and um, the Prince's Tale. I think that could have added more... And so, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. This is the first episode. Super excited to keep um, doing the rest of them. The next episode we're going to be talking about is the Scarlet Witch origin, so Wanda Maxima from The Avengers, and a theory that I have, and it's going to be down, it's down below, so you you will be able to hear that. So, thanks for listening, guys. It means a lot. I'm Sophia Maddox. I'm Leah Hill. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Make sure you listen to the Blue Pop Music Podcast, which is basically this podcast, but about music. Go check it out. Um, yeah. If you have any suggestions for an episode, you can email the email provided in the description. Um, not, for the, not for this episode, but for the actual podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.